That's what I want to talk about this morning, the potter and the clay. The potter and the clay. Um, Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Have you ever been to a pottery store? You've seen pottery. How many have ever seen a potter make pottery? It's an absolute phenomenon. I remember when I was in uh, second grade that uh, we made pottery in art class. And uh, I made this uh, little pink-shaped bowl thing that was kind of meant to be round but turned out oval. <laughs> and... Uh, put uh, my mark on the bottom of it, my name, and I remember the teacher baked it in the oven and put it in the kiln, and, and then we took it home, and I think it's in a top drawer of my grandma's dresser somewhere. Man, that's been a long time ago. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was a fascinating process to have your hands on that pottery, most kids like to play with Play-Doh. Uh, pottery is a, a next step above. I had actually entertained the idea for just a brief moment of bringing little cans of Play-Doh for everybody, but I thought better of it. Um, I know uh, we have enough distractions. But, you know, some people are just chronic fidgeters. They need something in their hands to do something, and, and I understand that. I'm related to some people such as that, and I probably have bouts of, of needing to have something to do with my hands all the time. I want to read from Jeremiah chapter 18, verse number 1. It says this, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So when I went down to the potter's house, I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as the potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation, I warn, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up or planted, and it, deserve, and it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do for it. Church, our lives are not in the hands of some unknown higher power. Destined fate or even our own intellect or we get to decide, but they are in the hands of a person, Almighty God. Our Heavenly Father. We sang about that. He's got the whole world in His hands. God is not our, just our Creator, but He's our Heavenly Father, and He cares about us. He is our potter, so to speak. In Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 8, it says, Yet, O Lord, You are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of Your hand. How many have ever seen in your children or your grandchildren a characteristic that you recognize that 
you had a hand in them exhibiting. <laughs> Absolutely. And for those who have come to that realization one day, they actually utter the words and they think, I'm turning into my mother or I'm turning into my father. You know, there's a series of commercials that says how you can unbecome your parents. Um, you know, you, you never really cared about how much electricity costs until you start paying the bill yourselves. I mean, you've ever heard, were you born in a barn? <laughs> Don't turn the water on full blast when just a quarter blast will do. Um, I mean, I know those are humorous things. But there are many times we are the product of our upbringing and those things that have been sown into our lives, good or bad. But the real fact is, is that we have a choice as to whether or not we allow that influence to be a part of who we are. Whether we allow that influence to come out in itself. Ideally, we would take the bad influences and we would put those to the side and we would allow the positive, good, godly influences to come through. That's really the case with the potter, the master potter. He wants to form us and shape us into what He wants us to be, but we have the ultimate control of whether we allow Him to do that. This revelation from God came to Jeremiah when he was told to go down to the potter's house. If you think about the potter's house, there was a, there was a message that the Lord wanted to give Jeremiah, but in order to receive the message, he had to go down to the potter's house to get it. Why do you suppose that God couldn't have just given the message to him right where he was? He wanted him to see and realize this real live illustrated sermon that he was about to give, this illustrated message. He couldn't stay where he was in order to receive the message. It's easy to stay where one thinks it's safe, it's comfortable, it's familiar. Getting out of that ordinary place to experience the message of the Lord, I think is critical. You will never receive the message that God wants you to receive if you won't go to where He has told you to go. I'm just going to stay in my own little environment. And you know good and well that the Lord has said, this is a prerequisite. In order for you to do something else, that I want you to do, you have to do this first. He's a step-by-step -step orderly God. He does that. I must say that when the Lord called me into ministry, I kind of got away from the Lord, not because of His call, but because of the devil's influences and those things in my life. I backslid when I was a teenager for three years. And when I got close to God, I couldn't get past the call of God that I knew He had put on my life three years earlier. And as I got closer to the Lord and closer to the Lord, I didn't want to pay attention to that call. But the Lord says, this is a roadblock. You can't go any further where I want you to go unless you listen to what I want you to do. I mean, who in their right mind would say, oh, I just want to get up in front of people and I want to talk and I want to open myself to possibly ridicule. I just kind of like to go with the flow and kind of be behind the scenes and be a good Christian. 
But can I tell you this, that the plan that God has for you may involve some things that will put you, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say, I think it absolutely will put you in an area that you may not feel comfortable with and it may not be in front of people, but it will be in an environment and in a situation where you're not really fully comfortable with because if you were comfortable with it, you wouldn't need Him. I'm just saying Okay, I know it's the potter's house. It's where they make pottery. No kidding. If Jeremiah had, the, had that opinion that he already knew about the potter's house, Lord, I know what goes down at the potter's house. I've seen it a hundred times and he would have missed out at that particular time. Oh, I know. I know about going to church. But the Lord says, well, I want you to go to church more. Well, I already go some. No, I want you to go more because there's more that you need to receive. I want you to spend more time in the Word. Well, God, i got my five minutes down pat every day. That's enough for me. You're never going to get what I want you to get until you get deeper in the Word. Oh, um, I want you to linger in your prayer closet. I already spend my 8.5 minutes a day right after my coffee. God, that's got to be enough. Well, if that's enough for you, you're never going to get what I want you to have. The reason that the potter's house was significant is because it's the place where the Lord says, I'm going to give you my message there. It's the place where the potter is. I believe that it's time for people to make their way to the potter's house spiritually. That place where the Lord said to go because I will give you my message, that's where the potter is. It may be that lingering in your prayer closet or even during a church service, but there's a special message that He wants to give each one of us at the potter's house. Even when we may think we already know, we've got it predicted. Oh, well, they're going to do this many songs and He's going to preach this long and then we're going to have a prayer and He's going to call people up for prayer and it's just all predictable. And as soon as we think that, We'll never get anything of what God wants to do because we're so preoccupied with the process. Let me tell you something. A number of years ago, we were, Annette and I were dating. And uh, I never will forget this. Um, she went to her church. I went to my church. And two different styles of worship. And hers was more modern. And... Uh, we were at church. We were at we were at my grandma's house where I lived, my grandma and grandpa's house where I lived after church. And I made the comment. I said, you know, I just didn't get as much out of that worship as I would like to have. Something of that nature. Because it wasn't my style. And she said this, well, maybe if you would stop analyzing it and start worshiping, you would. <laughs> and I thought, she's right. Which she most of the time is. I mean, like, very rarely is she right. I love you, honey. <laughs> and she was right. Because I had a preconceived idea of what I expected worship to be. And 
what God wanted to do wasn't in my preconceived idea. We don't know what the new message that God wants for us. His mercies are new every day. And to think that God never wants to communicate to us more than once, I think, is a shortcoming that we would have. He wants to communicate with us every day. Every day. All the time. The scriptures tell us that we should be in a constant attitude of prayer. We should have that prayer in our spirit so that he can communicate with us at any given moment. We will never get to the new and re- we will never get the new and relevant message from the potter as long as we only glance in the direction of the potter. Galatians 1, 11 and 12, 11, 12 says, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel, the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by the revelation from Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying here is that this gospel, the good news, was given to me by a revelation from Jesus Christ. He had a revelation in that time of dedication to the Lord. Then Jesus came down and revealed it to him. And I believe same way today that God wants us to have the revelation of the gospel revealed within us. The potter wants to give you a new message, a new revelation in Jesus Christ. If we ever needed a fresh and a timely revelation and a message in our culture, in our lives, personally, it's today, church. The potter wants to speak into our lives. Matthew 6, 6, 6 says, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I want to emphasize here, it says, close the door. I really thought about putting a, a, a picture up here of a revolving door. How many have ever been in a revolving door? Yeah. When you're a kid, it's fun. <laughs> but technology's made it to where these things revolve by themselves now and if you don't get out of the way quick enough you can get the thing will just eat you up mm-hmm. and they've got big ones at the airport so you can accommodate your luggage and sometimes it thinks you're moving slower or quicker than you want and you're like okay come on I can push it faster than this and you want to get through but the but the stark reality is, is, a, is a lot of Christians, this is what they do. If this is their prayer closet, they go into their prayer closet and say, in Jesus' name, and they're right back out. Revolving door. But the scripture says to close the door. Now, if you open your door and you go outside, or you open the door um, and you expect that, you know, like you let your pets out or whatever, and they're going to come right back in. You may not shut your door, close it, lock it, and all that good stuff, because you know it's only going to be a couple of minutes. What the Lord is saying here is that we need to close the door. It's the expectation that you're going to be there for a little while. The expectation that you're going to linger. You're going to be in that in that prayer closet. The work of the potter, really, um, in, in Isaiah 41, 25, it talks how that the 
then the potter would tread on the clay with his feet. Sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? All that gooey pottery in your feet. And then when it was prop to the proper consistency, he would put it on the wheels. And I brought a picture of a of a of a of a uh, a potter's wheel. It's kind of a modern one, but it showed what I want, wanted to see. It's the only picture I could find. I think I've got a picture of it there. Uh, the potter's wheel. There were usually two stone wheels. Uh, this one is not a stone wheel; it's a wooden wheel. But you'll see the picture there. Uh, there was one wheel above the other. A lot of a lot of the pottery is made with electric mechanisms now. But the potter would actually spin that lower wheel with his feet, and he would work in consistency. How many of you heard of the old sewing machines that had the pedal? This was something similar. It was manpower. It was foot powered. And so the softened clay was put on the upper wheel and was fashioned by the hands of the potter while the lower wheel was, was spun by a, a pedal controlled by the potter's feet. The, the potter had complete control over the work. He would control how fast the wheel moved. He controlled the consistency. He controlled the top part and his shaping. Why is it important for the potter to have complete control over the work? If he doesn't, then the clay will never become what he wants it to be. What his vision or his plan is for that piece of clay. We've gone to Silver Dollar City a number of times and they have a place there where they make pottery. And it's amazing to me to see some of the things and to see a lump of clay and somebody has a vision that they want to produce and they make it and, and you're thinking, I could never do that. I could only make like a, a bowl that's kind of oval. I mean, I could never, I could never do that. But that person who has spent all of that time creating and doing things could probably do it, maybe even blindfolded. They could just do it because they know the feel. I know in a human way that kind of speaks to that. But we are the clay spiritually and our Heavenly Father is the master potter. And the question that we have is will we allow the master potter to have complete control over us? When clay gets hardened, it becomes unpliable. It becomes unworkable. But then you can add moisture to it and it becomes pliable again. And I think that we need, in those times when we may not feel as pliable or know that we're not as pliable as we should be in the hands of the Lord, that we allow the oil and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come down and just kind of soak us in so that we become more pliable again in His hands. Verse 4 talks about how that the potter was shaping and the potter, that the clay was marred in His hands, meaning that there was a flaw in the clay because it became visible as the potter was shaping the pot. If the flaw were left there, then the pot would have not would not have been as strong and durable as it would, and it would have failed at some point later on. If he left that flaw there, the vessel would not be able to be used for the purpose it was designed to be used. But because of the flaw, what the potter did was he formed it into a different vessel, vessel as it seemed best to him. The scripture tells us. How many know that? Hidden flaws have to be dealt with. Yeah. Oh, I don't have any hidden flaws. Well, there's one right there. Yeah. <laughs> hidden flaws. 
Um, let me ask the people that are closest to you. You're right. <laughs> they'll, they'll tell us. We're good about putting on a good front. But we must allow a master potter to reshape us and work the hidden flaws out in order for us to become the special vessel of honor that He wants us to be. Only then will we realize His special and His unique purpose that will take place and that unique work that He wants to do in our lives. How many know that the potter gets to choose the vessel? Yeah. Well, I want to do this and I want to be that. And the Lord says, okay, you do that on your own and see, see, see how you do. Moses put it this way when, uh, when the Lord said, um, I want you guys to just go. And Moses is like, if you're not going to go, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go anywhere your presence is not. I don't want to go anywhere that the Lord is not. Amen. If not careful, we can be lured into deciding what specifications and what for what purpose that we're going to be used. He, God let Israel know in verse number 6. He says, like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hands. So are you in my hands. When we place our lives in the hands of the Lord, we, when we decide to follow Him, then we realize that the potter gets to choose the vessel. And He always chooses best. There's no, no lack of honor in any vessel that God chooses or shapes. And they're all different, but they're unique and special for His purpose. In verses 7 and 8, the Lord's message to Jeremiah for the house of Israel was that the Lord says He will tear down a nation because of their actions against the Lord, and he will change his mind and not flick the, the, the disaster if they repent. And likewise, he says, if he builds up a nation, but they do not truly serve him, he will change his mind and reconsider the good he had intended for it. The danger that we have in not allowing our master potter to mold us and shape us into what he wants us to be is that he cannot fulfill what his vision is. In other words, my vision for you is not a good one because you're not allowing me to do what I want to do. But then we can change. And he says, let me then change along with that and show you what. And there are some people likewise that start on a good path and they're like, you know, I'm all in for God. And then all of a sudden they or I say all of a sudden, but gradually, maybe over time, whatever, they get away from God and they, they no longer allow the Lord to fulfill the purpose that He's called them to and they become unpliable in His hands. And then the Lord said, you know, I had great things in store that I wanted to do for you, but I can't do those anymore because you're going into areas that I'm not going to go. The potter has supreme authority and he has a plan for each one of us and he, he will exercise it based on how he sees fit and on our response to him. The songs we were singing this morning was, Lord, take me, mold me, shape me into what you want me to be. I want you to do what you want me to do. My granddaughter Journey back there, she's looking at a book and she just loves to read and she, um, she's just soaking it all in. 
and sometimes she 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 uh, does some things as she's learning and sometimes we have to learn I was babysitting for a little bit yesterday and she's learning about this new emotion called anger <laughs> we were in the front yard and uh, and walking around in the front yard and I just kind of let her walk around and she wanted to go to the neighbor's yard which is kind of sloped downward and it's a house that's under construction right now so there's different things around that way there's not a fence in our front yard and I just gently told her we don't need to go that way and I took hold of her hand and I was leading her back this direction but she didn't want that <laughs> and she let me know she didn't want that and she started really having issues and verbalized her issues. And I, 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 I took her and I said, no, we're not going to be that way. And then that just added gasoline to her fire. And we sat down on the porch and she still wasn't happy. And uh, I said, we're going to go in the house. And she was crying real tears because of her anger that she wasn't sure exactly what to do with. But she was going to do what she could with it. <laughs> and when finally we, got it, we went back in the house and we sat down and she still wasn't very happy. And when she got to the place where she was still not happy, but she was kind of surrendering a little bit. To Poppy's authority and I said it's okay now you can get down and she was okay but she was tired we can do a lot of things a lot of things can happen when we're in moods that maybe we shouldn't be so we sat down and we read and she went to sleep and she was much better after she had some rest mm -hmm. But she's learning. She makes the sounds of the animals whenever we open the book and there's an animal on the page. It's the funniest thing to see, but it's neat. She's saying words that she's learning. And she, her vocabulary is growing day by day. And she does that because she's receptive to being taught. When we're receptive to being taught by the Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we allow the potter, the supreme authority that he already has. He already has the authority. The question is really, are we first willing to go to the potter's house in order to receive the message? Are we ready to go where God wants us to go? Are we ready to step out in faith? When we receive the message, then will we allow the potter to work on us? It could be a hard thing. There may be some flaws. Not just the start of working on us. It's easy to say, I say it's easy, but it's easier to say, well, Lord, I want you, I want everything you want in my life. And then when he starts shaping things around and molding things around, there's things that are found that have to be dealt with. And sometimes they're not comfortable. And sometimes they're brought to our attention. And we thought, I never really thought about this. And the Lord says, well, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it. 
Because I'm molding you into something that is so unique and so special that I will have my glory flowing through your vessel. And how many know that the Lord requires a vessel that is dedicated to him in order to house the glory that he has? So let him choose the purpose of our vessel. Lord, I want to be this, but is that what you want me to be? After um, I had spent some time in going to Bible school and I really wasn't sure what the Lord wanted me to do. And uh, I mean, I felt like I wanted, I, I, uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me to pastor, but I wasn't sure when. I wasn't sure. And uh, we had been youth pastors. Matter of fact, I, I never felt called to youth pastor ministry. And I thought, you know, I'll be, uh, you know, that, and that was okay. I, I had preached and evangelized a little bit. I preached in our local church. Uh, usually, you know, three or four times a year, every few months, I preach on a Wednesday night. I taught Sunday school. I had taught children in uh, Royal Rangers and never felt the call of the youth ministry but God did something to show me that there was a connection with youth and what he wanted to do in their lives and so we spent four and a half years as youth pastors wasn't really sure and through a series of things that God did we ended up here at Greater Heights in 2006 and it really was truly remarkable, and I don't have time to go through all of the confirmations of things that God did along the way to show us this was where we wanted to be. And I never once said, well, Lord, I want to be a pastor, and I'm going to do my best to find a church. I didn't do that. I just said, Lord, I want to go where you want me to go. And I took wise counsel. I visited with our sectional presbyter and I said this is what I'm feeling and I don't really know exactly what I should do and how I should proceed and he says well if you have this if you have this urging then why don't you go ahead and just act on that and you can and, um, and it will be okay to do that and I think it's important to have wise counsel I think it's important for us because sometimes we may not understand everything, but when you have a connection with godly people who you know are godly people, they make a difference. They will help you pray and they will stand with you. And so, um, it happened just like that. And I think it was just as a willingness to say, God, I want to be where you want me to be. Can I go a step further? That being where God wants you to be, stay there until he says different. Sometimes it's easy to say, well, I'll stay there until whatever. Or I will, you know, uh, one of my I don't know if it's a hidden flaw, but one of my flaws is I overplan. 
I am a planner. I'm okay doing things spur of the moment, but if I'm going to do something, I want to know what it is that we're going to do, and I want to lay out a plan to do that. And my fault has been I have spent so much time planning and planning and planning, and I never had action because it wasn't perfect. It wasn't what I felt like it should be. And the Lord kind of brought me along, and he said, we can work on a plan as things happen, but we need action. We don't need everything to be perfect because I'm going to show you some things. We're never going to have everything just right. We need to have a reliance upon him to do what he wants to do and not what we think he wants to do. And so we stay where we have been molded and shaped and we stay in that area of ministry or whatever that is until he decides, I want you to do something different. And I can see God's hands on mine and Annette's life through the years because when we got married, we have always been active in church. We have always been involved in ministry. We've always been involved in teaching or, or some type of ministry. And there have been seasons of time along the way where we have, you know, there was one point where we were, we were driving the church van and going and picking up people on Sunday mornings for church. And that had to be God because Annette is not an early morning person. Um, uh, you know, and so we would, we would leave our house at, at, at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings, 8 o'clock, 8.30 on Sunday mornings, and, and to be ready to go, you know. I mean, and that was, that was back in the days when we had one bathroom for all four of us. And if you can imagine, so it was the logistics of that. So, but having said that, I could see the seasons of time. So let the Lord shape you where you are. And he will reveal to you more as you allow him to shape you. I'm closing this message out this morning. So when we receive the message from the Lord, then we allow the potter to work on us, not just start. He works through the hidden flaws. And so the question I ask is, can we allow ourselves to yield to his supreme authority and let him do what is best to form us as he sees fit? Not just as we desire. We can have desires. There's nothing wrong with that. But we have to, we have to vet our desires through the purpose of God's plan and his will. We can have desires. Nothing wrong with having desires of our heart, but there may be a time to those desires. Lord, here I am. Mold me, shape me, reshape me into that vessel of honor for the purpose and your glory that you've called me. Why does he do that? He doesn't do it just so you can be content, but he does it so that you will be a shining example of God's glory and God's favor for others to see that will see God's hand on your life. And it will happen. Lord, you're the potter, I'm the clay. Mold me, shape me into that special purpose that you've called me for. And then we will see your glory move and touch other people's lives. This message is especially important as, as um, 
I shared with our board recently, we had a board meeting yesterday and we were talking about returning to some of the activities that we are going that we had been working in before in the other areas. I don't think that the devil really understood what the implications of COVID-19 are. Because there have been some things that have, I think, been rebirthed and repurposed, revisioned and uh, reshaped in our churches, in our body of believers. And there is, I think, a new and a deeper resolve to see God move and God reach people more than ever before. And we're going to do it in ways that we may not have even thought of. And so very soon, we're going to be doing some things and, and you'll be involved. And we'll be, we'll be looking at what we can do for the remaining part of 2021 to do more things to reach the kingdom, uh, reach the lost for the kingdom of God and reach the hurting because there are people that are hurting. I failed to mention at the start of the service that this Saturday we're going to be, uh, is a time of serving at John 316. Uh, there's a limited capacity, but please see Pastor Bill immediately after the service today if you're able to help in that ministry this coming Saturday. It'll be May 1st. And um, I tell you, just to see the faces of the people that come through, it is so powerful. Amen so rewarding because they're there for not only a physical meal, but they're there for a spiritual connection to God and they get that. They get that. They come out of a church service where they've been fed the word of God and then they come and we get to feed them as well in, a, in the natural. And there's an opportunity for us to just talk to them as they come through the line and they thank us for being able to do that. And it's a powerful thing. Lord, mold me, shape me into what you want me to be so I can be used of your glory. Father, we thank you this morning for your word because it is indeed an honor to be used by you. But Lord, we don't want to be content where we are. We believe, God, that you want to mold us and shape us deeper into where you want us to be. Lord, maybe I've not been used in a long time, but I want to be used again. I want to know that I'm in your will and doing what you've called me to do. Lord, whether it's surrender more than I ever have before, whatever that means and looks like, I want to know. And I just do that. In the environment here, my brothers and sisters that are agreeing with me that they will hold me up in prayer and as we just agree together that your spirit will just come down and envelop us today. Let me surrender completely to you so that I can be shaped and molded into what you want me to be in the name of Jesus.